Welcome to another week's edition of Record Roundtable, where we cover an artist, a band, a sound collage. This week we're talking about Beck. This is Caleb Robinson speaking. I'm here with Jared. And this is Tyler. And once again, this week we are talking about Beck. And how did everybody feel about listening to Beck this week? Let's start with Tyler. Real good. You're, this is my choice. You're and excited I like about Beck. It? What's that? So you're excited about it? I was excited about it. And then I, when I was listening to it, I was also excited about it. Because Beck, one thing that's nice about listening to Beck, if you have to listen to a bunch of albums in a row for some reason, is that uh, his sound varies. Not, it varies across an album, but it varies even more album to album, and he has, like, periods. Right. So where he has different influences and different styles, and each album kind of has its, like, it's you when, you when you start an album, the first song kind of tells you, oh, it's going to be this kind of Beck album. Right. So it's kind of nice because it's still, like, it's kind of like listening to a few different things. Yeah, I don't. I don't often feel like I was listening to like the same. I mean, it was obviously the same artist, but like you don't get the feeling that you're. It's hard to get bored listening to Beck. I guess is the yeah, way I that agree. I would put it. Like I feel like if you're bored listening to Beck, then wait till the next song, and you have a good chance of not being as bored. Like maybe you just didn't like that one style he did for this one song. It'll probably be different on the next one. Yeah, Jared, how did you feel about listening to Beck? Uh, I thought it was pretty good. I. uh I did uh, what I did before, where I listened to every everything in one night. I literally listened to six hours of Beck in one night. It was great. It I was, still don't know that that's the best way to consume these no, artists. It's like not. it's it's just fun though. It's a fun little thing to do. There's no way you remember everything you listen to in like pieces, you know. Well, we can do. <laughs> what are you gonna <laughs> do? That's oh it. man. Okay. Well. Okay. During your six hour spree, was there anything that really stood out to you? Um, he, to a certain extent, uh, the debut was pretty good. Obviously, Loser is a great song. It's his m- most popular song. He is a one-hit wonder, and it is that song. Who would have thought? Uh, me. I thought that. <laughs> wow. Well, okay. But uh, I mean, he just didn't have a lot of like chart success otherwise. Sure. Well, I don't know. Like when I was listening to the album, because I mean, like he definitely incorporates pop in different places. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like if you listen to like uh, Odelay, there are other songs like The New Pollution is on there, Where It's At is on there, Devil's Haircut is on there. And any yep. of those three songs feasibly could have been a hit. Where It's At's a good song too. Yes. Yeah. Um, I like the album uh, Giro. I remember Guero. 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 Where? 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 Oh. Oh. Don't be yes. this way. <laughs> Don't be this way. Where? Uh, I like that album that came out in 2005. And I remember when it came out, uh, a friend of mine showed me that album. I had already known Loser, but like there was this was totally different, like uh, electronic rock kind of sound. And I remember the music videos for it were good as well. And then, did you know that Beck actually had a severe uh, spinal injury because of the video? For I Impro? did see that. Yes, that's a sad deal. And he couldn't tour for a really long time after that. Right. 
Um, and I really like Sea Change as an album. I think that's good. And also, I liked Morning Phase, which was basically Sea Change Part 2. Right. I yeah. remember when it came out, I was thinking, this is just like Sea Change. Why am I listening yep. to this? I'd rather right. listen to Sea Change. But I do think that they're different enough. Sure. And they're very interesting. They I will actually, I very rarely will we get to Patreon in the first five minutes, but hey, I, will, I will jump in. Uh, pat- patron David actually said, I wasn't really a fan until Sea Change wore that CD out, and I actually commented on it, and I said, did you ever listen to Morning Phase? I kind of forgot just how similar those two records are in some respects, mm-hmm. and he said, no, I guess I should. I sort of lost track of him. So we'll have to play at least something from Morning Phase to kind of show, like, I guess how similar Sea Change is to Morning Phase. They're pretty, yeah, they're pretty similar. I think Sea Change incorporates more of his full country roots. I would agree a, with that. In, in, in a less like a uh, Morning Phase is a little more is a little more like cinematic. Yeah, I mean, the, I think grander. that Sea Change still has that those moments of grandiosity, if you will. But I definitely yeah. do think that Morning Phase is going a little bit more. I don't want to say over the top, but it's definitely like kind of buying into that like high production maximalist sound a little bit more. Yeah. I will say, honestly, I think Sea Change was my favorite album. Mm. Like, I think I, so. Yeah. I mean, like, it was like, like, I really like like Odelay and uh, Mellow Gold and Wero. And I, I mean, I don't dislike Morning Phase. I don't dislike, um, Really, any of the albums that we listen to, I don't dislike anything that he had. That he no, I didn't dislike album. any of it. Some of it was bland, sure. or not bland totally, but like, okay, I don't, I'm not as into this or whatever. I didn't love Midnight Vultures. Like, it was okay, but shame. like, hmm? That's a shame. That's the album that stood out most to me this week. Oh, really? Yeah. Midnight Vultures was your favorite? Yep. Huh. I don't think it's, I don't know if it's my favorite Beck album, but this week it's certainly the one that I, that stood out the most to me because I didn't. I haven't listened to a lot on it, and I didn't realize how like, uh, f- like funk groove dance influenced the entirety of that album is. It's super funky. Yeah, it's very cool. That like the way that he uses it. My favorite song, I think, or at least the one I want to play this week as a, as a big standout song is on Midnight Vultures. Let's and we can it. go ahead and play it if you want to. Yeah, let's do it. It's Peaches and Cream. Peaches and Cream, it is. That's such a pleasant name. <laughs> Oh yeah, that I song's do, just sweet. I do like that song. That's a that's a it's, pretty good like, got, yeah, yeah. It's just a groove, man. You know what I mean? It's just got a groove, and then it's layered on top of the groove is all Beck weird guitar stuff, right? And but it's like a pop song almost, like the you know what I mean? He's still grooving. He's got like the lyrics, like the guitar is kind of juxtapositioned against almost everything else in the song, but it works really well. Yeah, cool song. I like that. I like that album. It just stood out to me as something that's just different. Cause I had, I don't think I've really listened to that one very much. I've listened to mellow gold and I've listened to Olay and I've listened to the rest of them for the most part, even some that we didn't, the information and modern guilt were both ones I'd listened to. I listened to well. a little bit of the information as well. Uh, I didn't, I didn't really have a lot of time for modern guilt to be quite honest, but I did, I did get some information in. Yeah. I remember when the information came out, which is kind of why 
I I went and listened to some of it because like oh yeah I remember this album coming out. But I find there's a lot of times where I hear songs, and I go, this kind of sounds familiar, and I'm not sure why why or exactly what it is. And I look, and it's back. Like if I'm just w- listening to a playlist or like a a song radio mm-hmm. um, playlist off of Spotify, and I look at it, and it's back. And almost and like so many times recently, I've done it, and their songs off of Modern Guilt. So I don't know something about that album just has a, a sound that works for me. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't. I go listen I know- to Yang. I know that, like, I kind of started out. I think when I started out with Beck, it was Wareham. And I think that once I got through that album, I'm pretty sure that Mellow Gold was kind of the next place that I went. And I listened to Mellow Gold, like, quite a bit. Like, you know, I remember. I'd probably say I was listening to Beck probably like a decade and a half ago when that album came out and then kind of started getting into Mellow Gold at the same time. I really didn't start listening to Odelay until later. Like I knew songs from it, but I didn't know the album as well as I did Mellow Gold. Uh, and I don't really think I'd listen to Sea Change all the way through until this week. Honestly, I know that I listened to Morning Phase when it came out and I didn't love it. But the reason I didn't love Morning Phase was because at the time I really only listened to like Mellow Gold and Wero. And I was like, yeah. I don't really get what's going on here. Like it didn't make sense. Um, so returning to it now, I see a lot more merit in morning phase, especially like kind of with the understanding that there's a reason that it's like, I don't want to say it's his most important album by any means, but there's a reason it's the one that was nominated for album of the year, you know? Well, he won. Right. So, I mean, people don't know, like it's hard because people mostly only know loser or sometimes devil's haircut and, mm-hmm. and, or um or uh where it's at mm-hmm. and it's just like most people only know the alt rock kind of back if you will yeah and they don't even get into like a song that i really enjoyed off of odelay was uh ramshackle which is kind of like a slower um i don't know it's almost like folk inspired alternative song mm-hmm. and most people don't even like get to get into that aspect of him because he started as a folk musician and he really has a lot of folk and country influence and that i mean it's it, it's seen in loser but only because it's, he's playing like slide guitar for the main riff right well i think that's kind of where he started anyways because like i mean if we can like if we get into kind of his early life he was kind of um he kind of started out as like an independent folky kind of guy where he was like just performing on the streets playing like you know just playing music with his guitar like i mean that's kind right. of that's kind of the folksy you know style i mean because uh, uh, tyler i'm sure you could speak to this more but he came up in the anti-folk um scene basically yeah yeah i mean he just came up in a period where i don't know it's really difficult i think it's really difficult to place what like when things started happening for him because in 1994, like Mellow Goat's a kind of a weird album for 94. Uh, yeah, I would say so. Because it also has like a lot of hip hop elements in it, you know, with beats and stuff like that. And even some of the ways that he chooses to sing on some tracks, which he it carries throughout the course of his career. Right. But yeah, just like, I mean, like, because he worked with um, he worked with Dust Brothers on a couple albums. The, I believe yeah. it was Odelay and Wera, if I remember correctly. And um you know, they're the ones who produce like the Beastie Boys music. Yeah. Which is like, 
Like, and it's like sample based. Like if you, like, if you look into it, like we could definitely play the old, that sounds familiar game because like Beck uses samples throughout like some of these albums and you could find like elements of other songs that he's kind of splicing into his music. So like mellow gold definitely has some like hip hop influence because he has some hip hop influence in his music. Yeah, it's true. But it's just, but it's just like a weird place for 94 when, because in 94, we're hitting, like, the early of post-grunge. You know, like, we're getting right. the bands who are capitalizing on grunge. Like, Stone Temple Pilots have albums come out in that time period that are big. You know, where people are, like, think that it's a big deal and that it's grunge. But, like, most people are like, no, this is just a band who's copied it all. You know what I mean? Right. And we're slowly shifting into post-grunge. And, like, again, an album like this that places somewhere weird. And they have, like, a song on it that is, like, a 90s staple song. Like, loser with that with all the weird things that loser is it's just kind of like odd and the only like uh, this week i was thinking about it and the only parallel i can draw where i'm like what else is there like this that was in this period that also stands out as just like something that just doesn't make sense and soul coughing is the only thing i could come to mm-hmm. and which they do have like a lot of similarities so, like they both use samples like different samples throughout the course of their song not only for like not only just as portions to play for for melody or for um, rhythm segments but they also just use them as like noise bits in and of themselves to create like small segments of larger melodies and then place them over top of like hip-hop beats or like things like that and kind of different instrumental instrumentation so i don't know like there's just not very many people doing this kind of stuff when he first started doing that and I just think it's kind of crazy to think that. I mean, he used to, I've seen old interviews with Beck mm-hmm. and he kind of played oh, the weird guy. Yeah. I mean, he did a lot of like, cause like his live performances have quite a few like kind of weird things going on. But yeah, he's definitely, he definitely presented himself as odd. And I think it makes sense because of the music he was making. Cause I think mm-hmm. one thing that stands out to me in terms of mellow gold, you know, in particular, cause you're talking about kind of that album and how it doesn't really sound like an album that came out in 94 is that like it doesn't really feel like the album that Loser would be on because like if you listen to Loser like I don't know I guess I kind of fit it, fit it into like a like the um was it Blind Melon like that kind of style of like kind of like slacker in like alternative rock kind of sound sure. so yeah certain certain, yeah it's got a little bit of different elements obviously I don't really like, think of that song as a Beck song even though it is right it's like an alt rock like staple and then Beck had a whole different career. It's yes. so interesting. Yeah. Yes. But it's his biggest song, but it is like one of the least representative of his music. Yeah, I agree. There's a ton of artists that are like that, like that you f- can find and they have like this really, really big song and you're like, Oh, that's not really what you get from like all of this artist. Like, like modest mouse is a great example or like green day green like time of your life uh-huh yeah, everybody's really like really. oh i love green day i love that song i, I walked oh, I down to the uh uh the prom. aisle or, or prom or yeah. graduation or whatever right. and it's like uh you ever heard dookie <laughs> yeah yeah for real yeah. but yeah like that's a, this is a perfect example of that yeah yeah it's just and it's also like it, what's weird about that too is like beck became a person that if you said you like beck like you're like people think you're kind of weird mm-hmm. and that and like what they attribute it to is like oh yeah you like that one guy who sang that song loser and then made like a bunch of other albums that nobody knows that like i feel like 
if I'm trying to think of like my experience with Beck, like prior to like getting into it, which is not difficult. Like for me, it's not difficult to get into. Like, I don't think he's someone that is like super hard, you know, but it's like, you, you know, that he had loser and then, you know, he had a bunch of albums afterwards. And all I knew about him was that he was supposed to just be weird. So you're just like, right. Like, you know, if you like that, you just like weird stuff, but it's not like that. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think that you do say that he's like not hard to get into. Is that what you're kind of trying to say, right? Yeah, I just think he's like miss like he became a guy who I'm trying to think I'm trying to think of like an equivalent. Like he became the person that if you said you like Beck, people just assumed you like like weird things that were kind of difficult. Right. You know, like if I tell people I like math rock, most people are just like I'm not gonna listen to that stuff. Right. You know what I mean? But do you think that Beck isn't difficult? No, I don't think he's like that. I don't really think he's like that. And I th- and especially like for us, I don't think he's that hard either. I mean, we've listened to a lot of things that are probably more difficult for some people to digest than Beck would be. Sure. Like there's a lot of pop in almost all of Beck. There's still a lot of pop. Yeah, but I think that the thing that makes Beck difficult is the inability to follow the pattern, I guess. Um, I guess so. Where like some artists, like they're difficult, sure, but you know what you're getting into. So I'll give yeah. an example. Like we talked about like Nine Inch Nails and Nine Inch Nails has like kind of this heavy industrial kind of sound to them. And like some people would find it kind of like gritty and abrasive and they'd be like, oh, I don't know if I can get into this. But if you listen to it and you like it, you know what you're getting into. But with Beck, you might be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to listen to Loser. And then you're already lost by pay no mind. And then somehow you've made your all, all the way down to uh, motherfucker, which is like yeah. one of the weirdest songs he's ever made, like of mm. all of his albums. And like, it's just like, you, and that's just like one album. And then you get to Odelay and it's the same thing. You listen to like devil's haircut and you're like, okay, I can kind of get an idea of where this is going. But by the time you get to derelict, you're already lost again. So like, yeah. I think that it's one of those things where like, perhaps um listening to beck isn't necessarily inherently difficult but listening to beck like consistently you get lost really easily if you're not kind of like really paying attention because if you listen to like one song versus another song you've already kind of not been able to follow the pattern of what's going on anymore yeah i guess so i guess all of his albums in a way are like a decent glimpse into his mind like the actual mind of a human right where like thoughts just jump around from one place to another and albums kind of do that in a way that still makes sense as a whole, but I guess people could get lost in the middle of it. I don't know. And I do think that like, as you say that, like, I think that that kind of makes sense in terms of like sea change as an album, because that's kind of the album where it was like more of like a major um, human experience. So like, usually during the day like your mind kind of flicks back and forth between ideas but then when something like really really big happens because this album was kind of inspired by the breakup of him and his longtime girlfriend and he was kind of becoming like very despondent and very introspective and all that and so he came to an album like he was like i don't really want to sing about this because i don't feel like i have to air my dirty laundry but then he realized it was going to be like kind of a relatable concept um Mm -hmm. and so he like really focused in on that concept which is like what the human mind does when you have something really big going on, like your brain kind of sticks on it and then kind of stays on it for a while. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a good point. And I think most people probably don't make it to that album. Probably not. When they start listening to Beck, cause it's not one, even though it's like collectively, it's probably an album that people should really be putting up there. Like when someone says, I want to listen to Beck, 
you should probably turn them towards that album and Odele, quite honestly. I would have to agree. And if you can deal with Odele and then you enjoy Sea Change, you're pretty much going to be set to like deal with and enjoy a majority of the discography. I think that's, I honestly, I would start with Sea Change and then say, all right, if you liked that, now get ready to have your world rocked and then give them Odele. And if they're like, actually, that was really cool, you're like, you have a whole artist to now experience. Yeah, you would now like well, everything pretty much. Right. Because, yeah, I don't know. I just think, I've just, it's just always been in my mind somewhere like Beck is something weird to like. Right. So, but of course, we're from small towns. This, this is, Things are different elsewhere, I suppose. Sure. I would, I would also say that I think that the other thing that could potentially make Beck challenging is that potentially you're not the person who likes both ends of these things. So, right. like, perhaps you really like the sound of Sea Change, which is kind of this big, grandiose sound. Um, same with, you know, Morning View. And you might, or Morning Phase, sorry. Morning phase. We started talking about mm. started talking about Green Day, and I got uh, my mind on a long view. Long view, yeah, yeah. Long view. Anyways, uh, so you might like the sound of sea change, which means that you like the sound of morning phase. Um, but then you might have a situation where you're like, yeah, I really kind of like the sound, uh, like you know, the bounce around sound of like Odile or Wero, and it's very possible that you don't like both of those. Like you know, I'm sure there are lots of people who would listen to like. Um, you know, like a morning phase in 2014 and really all they know is, or I'm sorry, 2013, uh, morning phase in 2013 and, um, you know, only really know kind of the weird, you know, experimental, always bouncing around genre kind of guy that he is. And like, well, this is just boring. Like he's not really varying himself in the way that I expect him to. Yeah, I think so. That's why I think that Beck is like maybe part of it too. Is that just he's an artist that when you come to him, he requires you to just take what you get. You know, like you you should just come to it expecting to get something, uh, and understanding that it's probably going to be like it's probably going to be pretty good in terms of wherever it sits. I don't know. Like you just gotta you just gotta take what he gives you. Right. You know, I don't know how else to describe it. Like. I don't know. I guess it can be tough. I think it's interesting. I'm sure that a good number of like where some of the different parts of, of uh, what you can do comes in is uh, based off of works of his father. I mean, his father is uh, an arranger, composer, and conductor who has worked with lots of people. And it both, I mean, he's worked with lots of like very uh, prominent people after Beck even began his own career. Mm hmm. So I'm sure that some of it came from there. Um, his father, David Campbell, has worked on some some like some things that people would know now would be uh, Adele's 21. Mm-hmm. He's worked with Justin Timberlake. He's worked worked with Miley Cyrus. Like you know some newer people. But I, I guess growing up in a world of music means you kind of see things a little bit differently. Sure. Jerry, I don't think you mentioned what was the album that you think from. Well, I mean. From your six-hour blast, was there an album in particular that you thought kind of stood out as like his best album? I guess. Hmm. It sounds like the one that stood out to. And it doesn't have to be like the best album. It might just be the one that stood out to you the most. Like for me, it was Sea Change. For Tyler, it was Midnight Vultures. You might have a different one. So. Either Sea Change or. Uh, Hero, please just just say it. That one. Okay. Those are the two that are the most 
uh, noteworthy for me. Because I think you and I probably both started with Wero. Yes. Well, I mean, as an album, I knew obviously I knew Loser. Sure. And uh, but I don't know if I knew where it's at or not. I don't think I did. Probably not. Uh, at the it time. wasn't a huge radio hit or anything like that. But that album, with watching music videos around 2005, helped a lot. Yeah. Uh, on Fuse, we watched a lot of music. Fuse videos. and MTV uh, both played the back music videos, and it was a cool video um, for Epro. Um. But that's the album that I kind of got into the most and then really didn't listen to too much else from him after that. Right. But Sea Change was interesting. And then when the Sea Change Part 2 came out, I was interested in that as well. But overall, I really hadn't listened to a ton of Beck other than the big hits, which is only a couple of them. But right. I liked uh, Up All Night. That was a pretty interesting song from 2017, I think. It's one of the more colors, yeah, or a single, huh? From colors, yes. Let me remember. Yeah, it's on there. Okay, yeah, yeah. Night. yeah. yeah. You, will you play a little bit of that? I thought that song sounded like another song. Oh, boy. Here we go. What she got? What she got? Play the song Can't Stop the Feeling by Justin Timberlake from the Troll soundtrack. sound like it i can see that yeah a little bit we'll cut, cut this later but i do think maybe we should do an episode which is instinct versus backstreet boys since we did uh tupac versus biggie we can do that i now. would love that i know you would that's why i said it i would love that so much <laughs> write it down when we get done don't forget it i can see that though i didn't ever i don't think i ever listened to colors um and i also will say because he had an album from last year it was hyperspace yeah, yeah. Hyperspace. not very good i didn't really listen to that one either like i well, think i listened to a couple tracks and i was like i'm gonna turn this off now yeah it's just, this is a good moment to discuss yes what happened to him after 2014 i don't oh, i'm not sure i get it either what i said oh here we go oh i'm not sure i get it i'm not sure i really get it both of those albums are just like pop albums yeah mm-hmm. they are with like not I don't I for me Beck is pretty lost in there. Mhm. And, really and they're what, definitely different versions. Yes. of pop as well. Yes. They're was, definitely different versions of pop and Colors is probably the more accessible like what would what would make sense now. Yeah. It but, was a a minor hit um 
that album and, and songs from that album. So I don't know. I, I, he had a bit of a resurgence. Up All Night got to number one on the U.S. alternative charts mm-hmm. and Dreams from uh, from Colors as well was um, a hit on that chart as well. So I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if I really like it very much, but it's not really too off base from where his career is. It, you know, it's like just another interesting kind of thing he has done in his career. Uh, maybe, I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. Cause it's just, it doesn't like he, it, it's not like he's never been pop. It's not like there's never been pop in his music. And where it goes here is like pop is not an element of what he does. Like, you know, his music is made up of, it's all elemental, right? I mean, there, mm-hmm. everything is an element of something. Even an album has elements of something like he's always an amalgamation of these different ideas. Right. And when we get to colors and hyperspace and, and colors in particular, it's like now he's just one idea. Yeah. And, and I mean, at the same time, like he really was on like, sea change and morning phase but i felt like those were ideas that had a little bit more of a fleshed out like i don't want to say like a purpose but i kind of do like i don't really feel like colors or uh hyperspace really had like a fully interesting concept behind them you know like i feel like sea change was pressing i think it made sense for him to make that kind of album and i think it you know like the emotional capacity of it drives it forward but if you look at like the pop sounds on hyperspace it's like why are you doing this like i don't really see like i don't see what the point of you kind of locking into this sound is when i know that you're capable of putting so many different sounds into this yeah i don't get it either like it's i don't understand a juxta like that i also don't understand I could get it because when you look at the cover of hyperspace, let's say, for instance, right, uh, he it's like he's clearly playing towards something. You know, it's uh, there's some it's clearly playing towards a nostalgic something, you know, um, of 80s or late 80s into not. You know what I'm saying? Like. There are feelings on the from the cover of the album that I would think would be like, hey, this is this is kind of what we're going to explore here, which would be on par for what a lot of people are doing. There's a lot of people who are exploring certain eighties pop elements in different ways. Right. And this right. Like, throughout the course of like the 20 teens, that, that was the theme. But from the couple of songs I've listened to on that album, he doesn't really do that. I don't know if you all have listened to anything on there or not and have found that or not. I, I listened I to a little bit of it when it came out last year. And then I think I listened to a couple tracks this week, but I just wasn't as interested in it. It wasn't as no. acclaimed, and we didn't have to listen to it, so I didn't. Right. I mean, I because I tried to span out a little bit, uh, and it would be fun to co- talk about a little bit of the stuff that we kind of spanned out to, because I'm sure that we found some interesting things. Like, I know one thing that I'd like to talk about, but, like, you know, I listened to the information. I thought some of it was interesting. It has a little bit more of, like, that kind of um, hip-hop tonality to it, you know? Yeah. Um, yes. But, like, you know, I, I didn't feel like hyperspace was where I wanted to spend any time on, really. Yeah. Excuse me. I would have probably spent more time on, like, One Foot in the Grave. Like, because sure. you know, that, that's an album that I'm sure probably would have been more interesting to kind of spend some time with. Because that's one of his, like, independent releases. Because, like, during the uh, Mellow Gold Odelay period of time, mostly a Mellow Gold, 
the record label that he was on were pretty fine with him kind of like doing whatever he wanted. Cause like loser was so popular at the time that he like actually got into a bidding war um, to be on like a record contract. And um, they were fine with him having more creative control, which is why we get an album like mellow gold is because they're like, go do what you want, I guess. And he's like, cool. I'm about to, <laughs> you want to hear the very first song he ever writ- wrote or recorded. Sure. It's uh, from 1993 and it's called MTV makes me want to smoke crack. that beck was able to check out uh the nirvana unplugged album yeah it's pretty good i like that he's <laughs> like uh the 1993 version of bob dylan <laughs> i don't know about that but no, all right no either yeah <laughs> that's an interesting take to go on but I- i'll i'll allow it i'll allow it um it i uh i, I want to know do you guys have like okay so I don't want to say we're doing like silly bits or anything, but like uh-huh. what would be like maybe the thing that he has been involved in that interested you the most? Cause he's been, he's kind of all over the place. Like he's been involved in different types of projects. So I'll give like my example. So, you know, kind of what I'm going with here uh, is that he did songs for Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I love that movie. I love that Beck was involved in it. I'm going to play Ramona because nobody can stop me. Uh I love the fact that he did Ramona for that. I know Jared's got one, and I think I know what it is, but I could be surprised. Well, there's a lot of them, so I'll I'll name. Maybe you should let Tyler go first, so that I don't name. You've got thing. a lot. I don't know. I don't want him to name something that he's excited about. Fair enough. Tyler, what's your silly song? With, silly with, song with Larry. A silly song. There's an interesting thing that you what's wouldn't expect question? Beck what's to. What's the question? What's the question here? What is a a thing that Beck has done that you are surprised that he's done? That's a good way to put it. Something we wouldn't expect him to do. 
Something that maybe wasn't on an album. I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, if you don't have one, that's okay. He like he's done lots of other interesting things. I mean, one thing that's there's a couple of kind of interesting additional things that he's like just stuff that he's done in general that I thought were kind of cool. Well, one of them was the record club thing he did. Did y'all read about that? Yeah, that was pretty cool. So like in in '09, he started an experiment called Record Club, where he would get like a group of musicians together. And they would do an entire cover of an album. Like they would choose an album. So the first one they did was Velvet Underground and Nico. And then him and the musicians he chose would do an entire cover album of that in one day. Yeah, which is crazy that they would be able to that they would do that. Were you able yeah. to find any of the songs? Because I, I didn't look super hard, but I couldn't quite find anything from a quick glance. No, let me see if I can I can I mean we may be able to locate something somewhere. looking at all of the albums that he did for this thing uh started yeah. in 2009 and uh so he did the velvet underground like we said songs of leonard cohen mm-hmm. yep. uh, oar and the band is K- skip spence which i don't know what that is he did kick by nxs which is interesting and yanni live at acropolis by yeah. yanni that one is the most interesting and it makes no sense well i love the idea that he started with like velvet underground and nico and then he was like eh, maybe we'll try out a little bit of uh leonard cohen to you know who's on that one some things up andrew stockdale from wolf mother yeah i saw yeah. that i want to yeah. hear him sing leonard cohen that's great that sounds like a good concept right there leonard cohen is a wanted man yeah, pretty. He good. also worked with Will, with the entirety of Wilco on the on the OAR one. Yeah, yeah. Or and then uh, Saint Vincent was on the NXS one, which is interesting. Yeah, that would be cool to hear too. And uh, he just got with his his buddy Thurston Moore, which I feel like back and Thurston Moore fit together pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the Yanni, the Yanni live. That's live interesting. Album. That is interesting. So uh, the stuff that I found of the the Beck things. Uh, two songs with the Lonely Island. One of them is called "Attracted to Us." The other is "Super Cool," which was on the Lego Two movie soundtrack, the second part. I thought "Super Cool" was better than "Attracted Us." Yeah, uh, "Attracted to Us" is kind of obnoxious. The one that is the most interesting is "This World Is Something New to Me" from the Rugrats movie, That's what I which features like. a bunch. I wouldn't even play it because Beck's part is so minuscule uh-huh. that it is not worth doing. But he is a part of it. He plays the voice of the newborn baby. But it's like a bunch of people. Lisa Loeb is on there. Uh, all kinds of people are on this song. You're going to say no Lisa sense. Loeb and that's it? Iggy well, it's the Pop, only one that pops up. Patty yeah, Smith. Yeah. Like, There's a ton of people on this. Lisa Loeb's the first name. I can't see the rest. So okay, well, let me, let me do it for you. Iggy Pop, Patty Smith, Lisa Loeb. We've got uh, who's Lori Anderson. Mm-hmm. Lou Rawls. He's pretty good. Be Real. 
I don't even see Beck's not even like listed on this specific song. Yeah, he's on there. I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong. Oh no. Okay, we gotta. Uh, uh, I don't want to play it. Never mind. But I will say, just tell him because you just went. Oh no. Yes. For the record, Tyler. Yes. On the Rugrats movie soundtrack. Yes. There is a Devo song. Well, if we forgot there, about this, do you know which one it is? Uh, Witch Doctor. Witch that, Doctor. That yep. one's pretty good. Yep. I knew. You know what? You just reminded me of it. I happen to actually already know that, being the the, the appropriately sized Devo fan that I am. Well, if I remember correctly, we talked about it on uh, Devotus Reading, because if yeah. I remember yeah, correctly, it, I if you look at the cover of that episode, I'm pretty sure that Rugrats is all over it. They're on there. Yep. So. Um, wonder, I think wonder who did that. The song I want you to play, though, is a song that people would not expect. Okay. He did a cover of True Love Will Find You in the End by Daniel Johnston on a Discovered Covered album that features a bunch of people, but his is very good. So here it is. It's not uh, as good as the Flaming Lips cover of it, which I have seen live, and it's beautiful. But uh-huh. it is very good. Jared, did you see the other thing? Because I, I don't know if you looked deeply at the playlist or anything. I did. Did you see what I added uh, yesterday? What is it? Uh, there was a song called What This World Is Coming To. Did you see that one? Is it the one with Nate Roos? Yeah. Yeah, I listened to it. I did not think it was very good, but I like Aww. him. I like Nate Roos from yeah. the format and also fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I listened to a bunch of stuff, and I just put the ones that I liked in the playlist, and that was not one of them. Okay, I yeah, I didn't know if you'd heard it before. I figured that it would have made you happy and pretty cool, giving you a chance to talk about him. Yeah, I, I couldn't, I couldn't take it away from you. That's fair. So, um, Jared, I don't think you've played your favorite track yet. I know. Well, I was thinking we'd take a little break and talk about whatever we want to talk about, and then I'll play it because we've just played like fifteen songs. That's fair, Tyler. What else you got? <laughs> Tyler, what else you got? Oh, you just want to have me, you, you want to take a break, but I have to be the one to take it for you? Well, I, I don't want to just go into another song. Did you have anything else you want to talk about with Beck? Old Beck? Becky Beck? Beck? The man's got, he's an artist as well, in a, to an extent. You yeah. mean like a visual uh, artist? Yeah. Yeah. Which, um, it's kind of interesting. He does collaborative work. Uh, he did some collaborative stuff with his grandfather, which was interesting mm-hmm. early on. But I think, um, I don't know, like, it's hard. I find it hard. I just find a lot of things hard to talk about him because I just want to pick his brain about, like, everything. He's just, like, a weird dude. Yeah. He's done he SNL like, seven times. Wild. That's pretty cool. 
That is cool. Do you know what songs? What all songs he played? Uh, no, because normally they do two songs uh, during an episode. A lot of times, at least uh, later in the show, because I think it went from an hour to an hour and a half at one point, and so they used to just have one song and then all the sketches, and then it, once it went to an hour and a half, they had two songs. So I don't know how many times he's done two songs. I I, I honestly don't have any recollection of him being on it. I know I've no. seen it because he had to have been on it the last let's say 15 years I've been watching it at mm-hmm. least part. I know that the one that I saw, um, Oh my gosh, I'm losing his name. Um, he, he did it when the guy who plays the Bazinga guy. Oh that? yeah. Uh, I can't remember either the character's that, name Jim? or the actor. Jim Parsons. Jim Parsons. Yeah. I almost said Jim Cummings, but I knew that was wrong. Yeah. I typed in Beck SNL and unfortunately there is a guy on the show called Beck Bennett. So that's the first thing that pops up, oh, which makes sense. Bennett. He's a, he's pretty good, but he's, he's no pretty, Beck Hanson. It's so true. I should have typed in Beck Hanson. Damn it. One other like kind of weird thing about him is that he's a Scientologist. Well, uh, it's, it's, that's debatable. He it said is. he was, and then when people asked him about it, when all the kind of stuff came out about how Scientology was bad, he's like, me? Oh, I never said I was a Scientologist. Uh-huh. It's like, like well, well, we actually did. have the records of you saying Show the tape. <laughs> Show the tape. <laughs> he's a, his parents were Scientologists, and so he was like raised in Scientology, which I would think would be enough for me to not want to be in Scientology anymore. Well, so I don't think know. you'd get the idea, especially if like you're, because like, you know, if you're the kind of person who's like kind of sheltered and experienced Scientology, but then you're like, you know, outside of that, I think for the most part, people would be like, oh yeah, there's a lot of reason to think maybe this isn't the guy. This isn't the yeah. thing, man. I don't, I don't think this is it. Unless you're Tom Cruise. This uh, article from The Village Voice in 2014 said, uh, asked the question, did Beck's band and hat upstage him on SNL? That's not <laughs> His good. hat. His hat which was one, better which, than him. Which one was better, the hat or the band? How Can, can we rank this three-tier? Uh, I don't know. I'd have to watch it. Okay, okay. I'd have to watch it and see. So, so am I crazy or does Jim Parsons and Beck real look a lot alike? They could be brothers. Hashtag SNL. They do look, that's they do what look that's what a tweet was from 2014. Good stuff. Jer, why don't you tell us your favorite song? <laughs> I feel like you're just kind of fi- putting filler in here now on purpose. Filler? I hardly know her. Oh, for God's sake. I will say the one uh, one last filler bit that I like is that he was on an episode of Space Ghost. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I did see that. I forgot to mention. That. He was Thank also you. in Futurama as Beck. Mm-hmm. He was. You should uh, get the cue the uh, Space Ghost bit up. Uh, actually, this week <laughs> uh, the Adult Swim uh, was doing a virtual uh, festival. Normally, they do a festival in California, but they can't in person, so they're doing it virtually. And they have a T-shirt that they put out for the festival. It's Space Ghost, and it says. Uh, nobody cares, Moby. That's what the shirt says. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really need to sit down and re-listen or rewatch all of uh, oh, would be amazing. the Space Ghost episodes. Those yeah. are just true, pure bliss. Yeah, yeah, Why did you put this clip? Yeah, yeah. That was. Let's put a pillow over his face. No. <clears throat> Mm, that was... <sighs> Thanks. How does Beck feel? I feel so refreshed. 
That was very rejuvenating. Now, you're a musician, right? Yeah, yeah. And you have a band, correct? Yeah, I'm, I got a band. We got, we got Stagecoach on the drums. We have Smokestack on guitar. Uh, Hound Dog is playing the, the keyboards. And uh, we have uh, uh, Showboat playing the bass. Brainwave, what if you guys came up here to be my new house band? I got two turntables and my mommy's home. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we gotta stop there. <laughs> that was good. It, for, it's a visual no. thing, but as Beck is uh, describing who is uh, in his band, Space Ghost is squeaking his chair back and forth. Smokestacks in there. Yeah, smoke that's great. Yep. Just some quality Space. television. There. I, I mean, if, I, if we're gonna get into the uh, the uh, semi occultism 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 of Beck being on television. That's my preference. Yeah. That seems very fair. Adult swim. I love Adult Swim. Me yeah, too. I was trying to I was thinking maybe he was on an episode of Tim and Eric, but I, I don't think he was. I, I couldn't so. find it. Weird Al was on there. Weird Al's better than Beck. Also Weird Weird Al did a loser in one of his um polkas. He oh did. yeah he did. I'm a loser. All right. Which one is it, Tyler? We know you know it. I believe it was in the one from Running with Scissors. Yeah, I think you're right. I can't remember what that one's called though. Oh, no, Bad Hair Day. It's Sorry. not Bad Hair Day. Dang. I just looked. And I'd already, is, I'd already relocated, but I wanted him to have the joy of telling me that was wrong. It's so at 120 to help you. Thank I have you. to listen to the rest of the shit. Thank you. Good stuff, I should say. I'm sorry. It the, the next song that comes on after Loser, though, I can tell you, and I did not look this up. I believe is Simi Charm Life. See, you should have known it was the alternative polka. I know. I should have known. So much That was not semi charm life. I'm wrong. Wrong again. I've been I've been uh, out of the weird owl for too long. It's okay. Was, it's okay. Jared was also wrong. Uh huh. Because that's the beginning of the song. As soon well, as you as soon as you hit play, it's pl it's playing that loser. That doesn't make any yeah. sense. It says sample it appears at 120. Well, let's see what happens at 120 then. Because now I'm curious. Oh, maybe it's just saying that the thing that he played is starts at 120 on the back song. That's what it is. Uh, but that doesn't make no. any sense. It's, no, the, it's of the, the opening song. of the song. Let's play 120 real quick. Let's just see what happens, and then we'll cut it later. I'm not the only one. All I want to do is have some fun until the sun comes up over Santa Monica Boulevard. Yep, nope. nope. Just the beginning. That's good. We all suck. We all suck bunches, but it was on there. Thank you, Weird Al, for doing the thing that you do. Thank and making you, Weird Al. Just you make all the artists that we love that much better. You're the man. Thank you. Thank you. Jared, play your favorite song. Go. E-Pro. Yeah, I almost picked E-Pro, e and I'm glad you picked E-Pro, because that makes me happy that we get to play it still. Really, really good song from him. Yep. I think it was probably my introduction, honestly. 
Really? Even like outside of loser? I think that can't so. be it. No. I think well, I would say okay, I'll put it this way. I think E Pro was the first song that I knew was Beck. And I think that maybe like I I can't imagine like I probably knew the song Loser, but I probably wasn't like, oh yeah, that Beck song Loser. Like once I listened to E Pro, I kind of understood who Beck was as an artist versus just, you know, a single that maybe was made by somebody. Because that happens all the time, like especially when you're younger, where you hear like a single, like um, like closing time. Oh, that's good. Semisonic. Yeah. Who knows Semisonic though? That's what I mean. Oh, is that like wait. you listen to you listen to the song Closing Time? You're like, yeah, I like that song Closing Time. Name you ask one. like 99 of oh, name another one. Yeah, let's keep playing this game. Um. Okay. Hold. On. No, let's not. <laughs> I could. I could. I, I was thinking I might actually do it, but then um, it's been a while. That's one that maybe oh, people stained. don't know. Yes, yeah, some, some people might not know that one, but I we haven't done that in a while, so I figured to fit it in. Anyways, since we played all of our favorite songs. Is there anything else that we'd like to talk about with Beck? Anything else worth covering? Not that I can think of. I think it was okay. I think he's pretty interesting. Uh, It's like we barely scratched the surface of how interesting he is. I agree. We we could have spent much more time on how interesting he is because he just got a lot going on. He's like, I kind of think of him as Jack White. I can see that. Like, uh, just like he's in all kinds of stuff. I don't know. He's not as he's not as well known at all. No, but he's just a an artist that has been around forever, that had success in the early '90s. He probably could have been bigger, but it just nothing he did really was um, commercial enough, which is good, I guess, because he kept some kind of artistic integrity up until the last two albums, right? But, <laughs> Like Giro is not. Uh, I'm gonna keep saying it wrong. I don't care. It's not. I'd like rather a, you say Giro uh, than Giro. That's pretty good. So go on. Uh, I was thinking of. No, I don't want to say it. Uh, <laughs> you lost yeah, your okay. thought because anyway. you're being racist. No, 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 anyway. no. Anyways, Giro. <laughs> oh boy. And they say that <laughs> a gear. Let's, let's move along here. Let's move along. I agree. I agree. Anyways, oh no. Although he lacks, um, you know, the, like a large amount of commercial acclaim, he is an artist that has just like he's probably one of the most critically acclaimed artists continually over the course of time. Mm. In a way, uh, I think of Beck like you know when he won. I I guess a good thing to talk about is when he won. Um, the Grammy for Morning Phase mm-hmm. was it was another year. I remember when it happened because it was like the next year uh, after. Was it the year after Taylor Swift won? I believe so. Yes, and, and Kanye got up there. So you know that was when the conversation was was like in its infancy of uh, African American artists are underrepresented at the Grammys, mm-hmm. and they were trying to take it out on. They were trying to use Beck as another example and take wow. it out on Beck, and and I remember just being like. This is the wrong person for you to attack. I'm sorry to tell you. Like he's so highly respected in music. Right. And he's has just, made so much music that, like it, different man. from the pop the pop world and all that that it's uh it's kind of not the great place to be, but it kind of felt like a reckoning in a way um of his music. Sure. When he won the award. I will say though, you I mean, you have a point because, you know, he's got a well a well received album from the last three decades, 
you know yeah. like he's got he's got morning phase he's got sea change and he's got odelay and mellow gold you know like he's got well received albums pretty consistently across you know from the beginning of his career thank you for listening to this week's edition of record roundtable this week we were talking about beck next week we're going to be talking about the avid brothers that episode was sponsored by somebody so i would check in next week to find out who it might be be sure to check out all of our social media bits facebook twitter instagram all that kind of stuff check out our website recordroundtable.com and of course as always check out our patreon at patreon.com slash recordroundtable if you'd like to support us thank you for listening and goodbye Pockets, smiling eyes, ripping out of his sockets.